From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, May 31st. A recent report shows a relationship between lawmakers' stock portfolios and companies involved in lobbying. And it highlights our own representative John Curtis's stock portfolio. Justin Higginbottom has more on calls for increased financial transparency in Congress. Lobbyists spent over $2 billion in 2021. Not only were members of Congress more likely to be invested in companies with lobbyists, but those companies also outperformed non-lobbying companies. That comes from an April report by Unusual Whales. That's a site that tracks large and abnormal trades and compiles financial data on Congress. In that report, there was also something of possible interest to those in Utah's 3rd District and a list of the 24 top returns on trades made by members of Congress for companies that lobbied the government, Utah Representative John Curtis's name appears six times. For example, the report says he made a 200% return on investment in engineering company applied materials. That company spent around $1.2 million on lobbying in 2021. But Alex Bombart at the organization Open Secrets says it's not that cut and dry. His organization tracks money in U.S. politics. There's a lot of kind of issues that you run into when doing an analysis like this. And the major one being these kind of range values that assets are reported in. How do you put an exact value on a asset that's estimated between fifteen dollars and $50,000? Baumgart says members of Congress have a pretty wide leeway in reporting gains from investing. So the exact amount they made on a stock is in public. There's also a correlation and causation issue. You know, are these individuals investing in lo- in companies that are lobbying because they're lobbying or just because it's Apple and it's just a major company that um, is commonly invested in and that, you know, just also spends money on lobbying because it's a big company. Those well-performing stocks held by Curtis include Apple and Facebook, although also engineering companies with locations in Utah. Baumgart says Curtis made 160 trades during the 2020 calendar year, which is pretty high. A couple years ago, watchdog group Accountable.us questioned the congressman's trades of companies that benefited from the pandemic. But for Baumgart, anything inappropriate would depend on Curtis's personal involvement in those trades. So it's really a question of how specifically these trades are being done, how much oversight do they have. In a statement, Curtis's office says the congressman sees the concern, but he notes he came to Congress already having a large portfolio from working years in business. He goes on to say he welcomes scrutiny of members' trades and hopes there's a way to reassure the public without banning trading in Congress. Lately, stock ban legislation has picked up steam. More than 125 lawmakers have sponsored or co-sponsored bills to ban individual stock trading for members of Congress. Baumgart at Open Secrets says transparency is the real issue here. That's kind of the fundamental issue here, right? The appearance of corruption is just as damaging as corruption itself. If people think that their member is corrupt, they might as well be corrupt. Last year, the Campaign Legal Center found 67% of voters support banning lawmakers from owning individual stocks. Justin Higginbottom for KZM News. Energy Fuels Resources owns the nation's last operating uranium mill in nearby San Juan County. They also own a uranium mine near the Grand Canyon in Arizona. That state has cleared the way for this once stagnant mine to resume operations. And the mine's ore could be shipped to the San Juan County mill for processing. 
With our partners at KJZZ, Michelle Morisco reports on Arizona's Have a Soup by Nation, whose members are pushing back on these plans. The quiet and shade of the Kaibab National Forest ends at a chain-link fence posted with no trespassing signs. The hum of a giant pump cuts through the still air. A sign proclaims this site energy fuels Pinion Plain Mine. The Havasupai Nation has another name for it. Ah, uh, yes. It's Mat Jutba. Um, a gathering point. Stuart Chavez is a tribal councilman. This location is a sacred site. This location that was only used for ceremonial purposes that's now been tarnished and tainted was our heirloom. We walk around the enclosed mine to where water pours from a pipe into a lined pond. Energy fuels breached an aquifer here in 2016, and the uranium and arsenic heavy water has been pumped out ever since at the speed of a garden hose. Water is at the source of the tribe's conflict with energy fuels. Because if they continue to operate and pull out ore, there's a high chance, there's a likelihood that that water could trickle on down into Supai. That's what we're afraid of. Supai is the tribe's capital inside the Grand Canyon. Energy Fuels and Arizona contend that the mine is continuously monitored and safe. No, we, we can't control where the, 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 the good you know, uranium or rare earth deposits, which, you know, and vanadium, which are the three uh, critical minerals that we focus on, we can't control where they're found in nature. Curtis Moore is vice president of marketing for Energy Fuels. It just so happens that some of America's best uranium deposits are in northern Arizona. He points to a study from the U.S. Geological Survey that found that 95 percent of groundwater sites tested in the Grand Canyon met drinking water standards in spite of the mined uranium. The scientist who authored the report says it's merely a baseline. We're very, very confident that there's going to be no impacts uh, uh, to, to the environment or to human health or to, or to anything like that. Last month, Arizona's Department of Environmental Quality granted Energy Fuels a vital environmental permit. My name is Trevor Bajori. I am the director of the Water Quality Division for the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality. He said state officials met with Havasupai tribal leaders at Red Butte, the nearby mountain sacred to the tribe, and that the permit addressed the tribe's concerns. From the stories that I've read, that it's clearly not satisfactory to have the mine in existence at all. The agency now requires extra groundwatering monitoring wells and to keep checking the water 30 years after the mine closes. Right now, we're halfway through a 20-year moratorium on new mining operations in 1 million acres of land near the Grand Canyon. Pinion Plain was grandfathered in and suddenly is worth a lot more money. At stake is about 2.5 million pounds of uranium. Investment groups started acquiring uranium companies last summer following a trend of decarbonization. Then Russia invaded Ukraine and speculation about whether the U.S. would sanction Russia's uranium push prices higher. Industry executives say the extraction technology is a departure from that of earlier generations of Navajo who suffered under it. And they argue it's needed if we're to move away from fossil fuels and reliance on Russia. Scott Melby is president of the Uranium Producers of America. The faster we move away from those supplies, the better for many reasons, both humanitarian and business-wise. Conservationists argue the threat is the mine itself. Amber Raimondo is energy director of the Grand Canyon Trust. It's very convenient, I think, for, for uranium miners with mines in the United States to oversimplify and juxtapose themselves. It's either, that it's either them 
or Rafa. The danger here, she says, is to the Havasupai. Standing outside a sweat lodge in the forest a few miles south of the mine, former tribal councilwoman Carletta Telusi explains the looming lava-crowned protrusion in the near distance. Red Butte is a Havasupai Providence. The tribe calls... Huichualcua is the lungs of our Mother Earth. And all we want is it to be protected. We want it to be left alone. This is where the tribe was born, she said, and where its people are buried. Reporting from the Kaibab National Forest, I'm Michel Marisco. This story comes from our partners at KJZZ and their Tribal Natural Resources Desk. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, May 31st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.